Welcome back, everybody. Today is episode 13 of The Primal Show. I'm here with Mike McKnight, as always. Hi. <laughs> and then we also have a guest today, Jason. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jason Schlarb. I am a mountain runner, a coach, a race director, and uh, athlete manager for Norda, and um, coach. I said it's coach already. But yeah, having fun and a dad, partner. That's my that's that's my bio there. <laughs> and you are, you brought back the mullet too, which I love. Yeah, yeah, it, it had a hiatus during COVID, and now it is it is it is growing really long. And I've I I've been cutting my hair since like the last twenty years, and my 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 trimmers broke, so my I'm, I'm going really feral. My 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 <laughs> mullet's getting really long and stringy. So there's I, uh... an update. I, I I don't I hope this doesn't sound like an insult because it's not. But you look a lot younger with your mullet. Oh really? That. Okay. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. You know, I I went to Felix's uh, my son. Uh, I went to his. Uh, he has these kind of presentations at school, this uh, charter school that he goes to, expositions, and I have noticed that there's at least two or three middle school boys with mullets. And then it's me, you know, like in my forties with the bullets. So maybe that's why it looks that way. Cause I, I, there's not many people that uh, from our generations that, that wear mullets, but I feel like youngsters are, are really starting to sport it a little bit more. Yeah. I just remember that time that I met you for the first time. It was hard rock when you and Killian tied uh -huh. um, and you had the mullet then. And I feel like you looked just like you did then, which was what, like six, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that, that was six and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. and then real quick, this is just a random question, but how long have you been the athlete manager for Norda? I didn't know that you did that. Uh, it's fairly new, just like the brand, it, the brand's just been around for a couple of years. Uh, but, uh, I'm working with, uh, the, the founders and then the marketing kind of creative guy, Adam, and, uh, we've got like seven athletes now, um, Jenny Quilty, Elliot um, Carden from Canada, and and uh, a number of Canadians mostly. And then, um, uh, yeah, it's it's a good team, and it's it's just getting started. And you know, it's a it's a small brand, but it's 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 a fun fun gig. And you know, as a former athlete manager, I know that you you enjoy doing that kind of stuff, man. I I've I've really felt that kind of back when I was with ultra when it was a new company when it was small and it was grassroots and it was had a lot of amazing people uh with the brand and and all that like excitement and growth and people figuring out their kind of what they're doing with their lives you know through the trail community uh that's kind of going on for a second time for me with this uh with with Norda it's pretty it's exciting it's really fun I, I really appreciate it that's awesome. It's special to be uh, involved in that kind of sense. Like, I love what I do right now. I'm a coach too. And that's basically all I do now. But um, I definitely miss the early days of being the athlete manager for ultra. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were a good one, man. I, I really appreciated that. Oh, well, thank you. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting all emotional here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love you, Mike. <laughs> I love you too, Jason. <laughs> okay well today's show is all about injuries um i think we've all had our fair share i know schlarb you had a 
like a fairly serious skiing thing go on. Mike, you've had some stuff over the years. I've had myself um, some injuries over the years. So um, let's kind of briefly talk about that. Uh, Shlarv, like what kind of injury have you had in the past couple of years that took a little bit of rehabilitation to get through? You know, I, before talking about the injury, I, I have been running, uh, you know, since high school back in, in the late 90s, through college, after college on the roads with the military, um, and then in 2011, you know, getting into trail ultra and then becoming full-time athlete in 2012, 2013, I have never been sidelined more than like three or four weeks, you know, but it, 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 I almost don't consider that a, a real injury. Uh, it is, you know, there are real injuries that last one week, but, uh, in 2020, I, was skiing at a local ski area around here and uh, first run coming down. It was like an eight inch powder day and uh, my favorite steepest run. And I was just, just cruising. And what I didn't realize, a, I, I was, I, I hadn't warmed up. And second, I was so excited. I, I didn't know the conditions very well. And what had happened it is it got warm and everything kind of got soft and then it got really cold and snowed on top of it. And so when I'm flying down, I kind of landed after like a 15 foot kind of like section of going through the air a little bit back and went right through the powder. The powder just went out of the way and then bam, the impact on my leg um, basically sent my my femur, my 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 quad, my 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 upper leg and, and the impact went, you know, straight onto the tibia fibia and, and the knee couldn't hold it and the ACL ripped. That was my first real, real, real injury. Um, and that was uh, February 14th. I had the surgery March 4th. So no kidding. Um, two years and a, a little less than a week ago, I had surgery. So that was a real big injury. And my first kind of journey in, into like uh, really, really having to work through something, not run, not be able to walk, six weeks, no weight bearing. Um <clears throat> And then, you know, kind of the big story for me for injury is getting back to health and being able to have balance within my legs. That that's that was the real, real process and, and a process that I'm still working through and two years later. So just for out of curiosity, before we talk about like getting back to health, I'm just curious to know like when you tore it like on the mountain was it pretty apparent immediately that you did something pretty severe uh you know i i had heard at being a ski skier my whole life i'd heard you know acl knee injuries did you hear the pop uh when i fell um i had my dens uh, the the kind of springs on your bindings that hold your ski boot onto the ski set at the max it was it was 12 or 13 or something like that and I had always done that and nothing bad had ever happened and my skis don't fall off. That that's, that's a good thing. But uh, when I landed, I didn't hear any kind of pop and it just hurt. And I screamed and, 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 and then fell down into the snow. Nobody was with me. I was skiing by myself. I got back up, stood up and I was like, okay, let's get down. Let's see, you know, did I just strain something? It, it might just, you know, sprain my knee or, you know, I've never had any kind of knee injury like that before. And then all of a sudden I got the buckle, which is the the other thing. Mm. Like, you know, when you've got these, <laughs> the, the knee here, and there's no ACL, 
you know, it, it it's kind of, I, I almost, this is really not uh, technical, but like I, I, the ACL is kind of like the, the last defense that kind of holds the knee from, from moving forward and back like this. And I got up and started skiing, took a couple turns. And then my, just like, I felt my, my leg go forward and my, my, my lower leg not at that point. I knew something terrible had happened, get onto the chair lift. I'm riding up and there's a physical therapist sitting next to me on the chair. Wow. And I told him, Hey, I did this thing. I landed kind of in the back seat, lots of force. And, and, you know, my leg wanted to go this way and it couldn't, uh, what do you think? And he sat me down on the bench and he kind of moved my lower leg around while holding my upper leg. And he's like, there's given there and you don't have an ACL attached. And so good luck. (laughs) (laughs) So I skied with one leg all the way down. I cried a little bit and I also smiled. I was like, you know what, this is going to be the last time I enjoy powder this year. And so I skied on one leg and kind of it was sunny and nice and powdery and yeah drove home and the rest is history so did i hear you right you you hurt yourself and then you went back up on the lift you were planning on continuing for the day well that would be a story but the the reality is that's the way out it's not that you can't get to the parking lot from from where i was i was on Uh, the far side of the mountain and so i had to like ride back up ride across, ride down, and then get to my truck and yeah. drive home. Was this I a purgatory? get into one of those sleds. That's just like too much for me, man. I was like, I don't, I don't want to face reality that, that way. <laughs> I'll tell you, when I broke my back skiing, that sled ride sucked. <laughs> it's not a fun ride at all, but <clears throat> being injured isn't fun either. So I don't think there's really any perfect scenario in that situation in my opinion yeah i still wanted to control it i still wanted to like be mobile you know you don't want that it's like human instinct you want you want to be okay you, you don't yeah. you don't all of a sudden be in the helicopter or ambulance or a sled so uh do you have any questions about the actual injury derek before we talk about like coming back to health no i think it'd just be cool if you could touch briefly on your foot injury um that you had before the arizona trail oh okay um, and then I don't know, I guess briefly, like I had an Achilles strain for years, which is an overuse thing where Jason and yours are acute injuries, which are a little bit different, but I think kind of the recovery is, can be pretty similar. There's a lot of crossover there, but yeah, if you want to just touch briefly on your foot issue. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm similar to Jason, like <clears throat> I've been running for, well, I haven't been running as long as Jason, <laughs> but, uh, I started when I was about 21 <clears throat> And uh, I, I haven't had really any injuries since then. I'm, I'm now 33. But last summer, uh, I was training for the Arizona Trail. And there's a trail that's just like literally right out my front door. <clears throat> I was about a mile from my a mile and a half from my house. I was coming down the trail. It was a little bit overgrown. And there's just this huge like rock that I couldn't see under some under some brush. And I stepped on it and <clears throat> I rolled my ankle. Uh, laterally and it was one of those rolls where like I basically like felt my ankle touch the trail like I rolled it really really good Mm -hmm. and like I immediately just stopped in my tracks like started screaming and I looked down and just like in the half a second that it took me to like roll my ankle stop and look down like my ankle was already like three times the size as my other ankle (laughs) and so I was terrified this was like a month and a half before the Arizona trail FKT attempt Uh, I had to walk 
back to my house. Me 30 to 40 minutes to walk back just because I had to take so many breaks. Um, but yeah, so I went to the, the, uh, the Instacare that day, uh, and they ruled out a fracture and they, I can't remember the grade of strain, sorry, sprain that it was, but it was a pretty severe sprain that I ended up getting in my ankle. Yeah. Which pretty brutal. And the timing was not ideal, obviously, as you're no. <laughs> going into the Arizona trail. <laughs> um, but I think most injuries though, apart from, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, apart from like an acute injury, like like your ski accident or like just falling on the trail run or something. Um, they're generally more of like an overuse thing. Cause like mine was like, Oh, I felt my Achilles being a little tight and it got tighter, but I was too stubborn just to stop running. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, I'm gonna lose all my fitness if I stop now. And then it progressed from like a pain of one out of 10 to two to three to four to five. So I could only run taking anti-inflammatories and then it'd be like, okay on the run. But then I noticed like I would baby it a lot more. And then it was like, I'd finish a run and I couldn't even walk downstairs. And so it's like, I don't know, injuries, I think are super common, whether they're from a fall or an accident or just overuse in general. I think for a lot of people running, it's like an overuse thing, right? Like an IT band issue or Achilles or, or something like, do you guys have any thoughts about that? With, with the athletes that I've coached over the years and with, you know, my peers and, and friends that, that, that's, that's typically what stops runners is, is overuse stuff. And, and usually overused stuff is, is caused by imbalances in the, you know, the muscular somewhere. Uh, That's, that's what I've observed. Yeah. And I would say too, that runners are pretty uh, stubborn people. I mean, you just described it yourself, Derek, like (laughs) you felt the injury and you just kept pushing through it. And the reality is you might've made it worse, uh, which I think a lot of other runners do where as soon as you feel the onset on it, instead of taking a week off, like you probably should, most runners push through it way longer than they um, should. And then it just ends up lasting longer than if they just stop right away and, and work on rehabilitating it. Yeah. Not to get into too many details, but like a couple of weeks ago, I was up visiting my parents in Nevada back when you and, or when you and Browning were in Vegas is around that same time. And so that entire week I was, I was training as like my last final week for this marathon that I've coming up in, on Sunday. And I did a lot of road running because there's no trails where I grew up. And so all my intensity was a lot more, a lot of flat running just on like graded dirt roads. And then by the end of the week, like I noticed that like my, my right Achilles felt a little weird. Then I did a long run on top of that with it. And I'm like, okay, this is bad. Cause it started to get not like very, very painful, but it was like maybe a three out of 10 on the pain scale. And so I took a couple of days off and now it's fine. But if I would just kept pushing through that and pushing through that for months, like last time, I would probably be like, just totally screwed for my race this week. Well, and I think that's important to note, like why cross training is so important because like, I mean, you, Derek, I mean, you, you understood that that's what you had to do to, to help it. But like, you know, me rewinding two or three years ago, like small injuries that I had, like where I just had to take a day or two off to fix it mentally. It was just so hard for me because I didn't know what to do with myself without running. But, you know, now that I've been cross training more, like I have skiing, I have weightlifting, I have swimming, I have rowing, like I found all these new sports that I absolutely love. So like I'm at a place where if I do have an injury now, like it's not going to be so detrimental to have to take a week off and just do some cross training just because my portfolio, I don't know if that's the right word. (laughs) My portfolio of like exercises have grown so much. And like, if you have to take a few days off from running, it's really not the end of the world. (laughs) 
Yeah, speaking of that, Schlarv, um, I know you just ran Monument Valley 50K this last weekend, but um, and I saw your Elliptigo post. Um, has that been a part of your cross training, like, even when you were injured? Or but yeah, let's talk about that because I think it's interesting. Yes, you know, I the taking out some impact is is always a great deal, especially when you're not, you know, in race specific mode. You know, it no, no matter what time of season that is, but particularly during the winter, fall, and spring, you know, I, I try. Uh, yeah, how about this? I fight back, but have have done my best to to incorporate like one day of uh, you know low impact stuff, and for me, that's ski touring, um, and then also getting on the uh, the the elliptical. And I I I hate going inside to work out. I'm, I'm really, really kind of outside is my, my jam. And uh, I, I think I've run the treadmill a couple of times this whole year and we've had an epic, epic winter, both in the Wasatch and in the San Juans. But uh, you know, my coach David has really said, Hey, if you can do this on this day, once a week, you know, you're going to see the benefits. And, and as a 40 something year old dude, now I, I know it and I see it and I, I'm finally starting to embrace that. And, and, and I can see the benefits, you know, I feel just a little bit fresher. I'm able to work and, you know, with elliptical specifically, I can get some run, you know, specific muscle groups, but I mean, biking or skiing does similar, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that is such money. If, if we can get less obsessive about wanting to get mileage or time or, or vert or uh you know runs every single day it's a it's a it's a gift it's a, a super good gift and i mean too like <clears throat> your body will let you know if you're responding well or not right like like you you don't realize how chronically you're overtraining until you take a step back and then exactly. <laughs> once you, once you do the other stuff you're like oh wow this actually feels really good like i I'm not sore all the time. I'm not tired all the time. Like I'm more well-balanced as an athlete kind of. Yeah. For my structure, you know, I, you know, have a rest day Monday, Tuesday, an easy day, Wednesday workout. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Sunday is my rest day. Monday is uh, an easy run Tuesday workout Wednesday or Thursday. If I can get that low impact alt training, then I will turn around and recover and be able to have some good long runs on Friday and Saturday. And I can feel the difference. Absolutely. It's like, it's more joyful. You know, it, it feels smoother. <laughs> my range of motion is increased. You know, I don't have the niggles, the aches and stuff as much, but once you, you know, the, 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 the essence of trail and ultra oftentimes is to be able to grind through to, to be able to suffer well. And, you know, we get into the like, oh, this is okay. This is acceptable. And I, you know, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, but throwing some some all low impact is 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 magic and like you said you don't realize it until you do it or you get injured or you have to take a break or the race is done and then you're like oh wow i feel so much better now that i had a week or two chill but if you can spice that in there and get away from oh i really want you know 70 80 90 110 whatever miles per week or whatever's driving you to to not do alt you know then you can win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think also too, like the mental side of it. Cause like, like obviously we love running and skiing. Like that's why we do it. Well, I don't ski, but run anyways. But like every time I get on the elliptical or something, I'm like, Oh, this sucks. This is so boring. Cause I'm inside of the gym. Just watching all these college bros do their thing. 
And it's like, <laughs> I'm in there for an hour. I'm like, this is so lame. Like, I can't believe I'm on an elliptical right now. But then I go out and run the next day. And I'm like, one, I feel better physically, but two, just the mental outlook. I'm like, oh yeah, like I love running. And why would I want to like, I don't know. I think it's just like, it makes you like appreciate, I guess, running for what it is, especially trail running. Or even if you're on a treadmill run inside, you're like, oh, this blows. But then you go outside and you're like, oh yeah, like I love trail running. So like doing these cross training things just makes you appreciate um, like how awesome trail running can be in the mountains and everything. 100%. Before we go too far down this cross training stuff, <laughs> because uh, I would be interested to hear about Schlarb's comeback and how he utilized nutrition and your comeback too, Derek, <laughs> to help with the rehabilitation. But I'm just curious to know if either of you uh, periodize your cross training. And so what I mean by that is like right now, typically I do more cross training in the winter. And then as race season approaches, I do quite a bit less. Um, In the past, I usually do six days a week of running and one rest day during my high volume days. But as I've been toying with cross training more, I'm starting to wonder even during high peak uh, training for races, if it would still be beneficial to include one cross training day and so have two kind of rest slash recovery days and then five days of running. What are your guys' thoughts on that? We'll start with you, Jason. I think that the elliptical is is the way because, you know, it it stays specific enough. You're using the same kind of motion. You're not sitting down. You're not, uh, you know, your cadence isn't like, uh, you know, not that you'd be skiing in June or July, but like the cadence for, you know, uphill skiing is is just too slow. And then, you know, the bike is just a little bit, uh, you know, the, the biomechanics are a little bit off. But I think elliptical, I think elliptical is the key. And, and, and that's, you know, you can get that run motion standing up and reduce impact almost to zero. And did Derek say you, ha- sorry, did Derek say you have something called an elliptigo? Is that like one yes. of those bike elliptical things? <laughs> it absolutely is. It's really big and weird and, and it has small wheels and it's, it's, you don't get the arm motion because you, you know, you can't do this while you're trying to steer. <laughs> But it is, I did it today, like Derek noticed. Um, and I've had that thing for like seven years. I think I got it around when I, when you were describing hard rock days. And I use it every season, every year. A few, I, I don't do it every week. I wish I did. But um, I, I, you can go outside. You don't have to like, you know, just sit there and watch your, your phone or something like that. It's a, it's a great way to do that. It, it is kind of limited on the terrain. You need to do bike path road or kind of smooth dirt road, but it's uh, I think for any athlete, um, I think incorporating that even at least every other week, once a day would, I mean, once a week would be, I think, fantastic for the majority. Yeah. I just Googled this. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> I might pretty have to add this. I get, I mean, it's been around for a decade, but man, I, 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 I bring that out and everybody's staring at me and looking at me and <laughs> almost getting in accidents. It's, it's pretty funny. I'm just picturing <laughs> your mullet flying in the wind as you're just cruising down yeah, a Durango yeah. dirt road. <laughs> I do have a helmet, so it's not total flow. So, okay. But, uh, yeah, it's good. And it's not as efficient and as fast as a regular bicycle. So it looks lame on Strava and there's no lip to go, you know, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's that it just just say that to be funny but it, it's a it's a great tool for anybody using elliptical and, and i i think um 
once again, my coach David wrote an article for Trail Runner specifically about how that, you know, alt is, is, is about as good as it gets. Yeah. What about you, Derek? Do you still do some kind of cross training, even like in peak training for races? Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, just as I just hear different people's experiences and different things. Cause it's like, I had, when I started running, I had zero background in running. Like I just played soccer. So I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but definitely more so in the winter when I tone back mileage for the most part, I uh, do a lot more weight training. Um, and a lot of like heavier weight training as well. Um, but then as the season kind of kicks off, I tone that back. Like right now I'm just going to the gym twice a week. Um, and I'll do like a lower body day, upper body day. Um, and then just core both those days as well. Um, but then when I was like semi injured, if you want to call it that, whatever, like I definitely went to the gym more and I did elliptical a few times, um, for that week just to like, cause like, like, like Schlarb was saying, it's like zero impact. You get some good motion out of it. And like, that's not ideal, but it is low impact. You kind of keep things moving as a similar, um, cadence to running. Um, but like, it's been a little bit different this year cause I was training for black Canyon hundred K. So I definitely lifted, but just not as much. I was focusing more on building volume, but then for whatever reason, I didn't run Black Canyon. Um, but yeah, in general though, it's like, I do like the cross training, but like, I also believe in specificity. So like once the season ramps up, it's like, yeah, like go to the gym a couple times a week. I'll ride when I want to, like on my bike for fun. But running is the basis of like all my training because that's what I'm doing. And I've noticed that if, I, if I'm not specific in my training, then my races just don't go as well. So if I'm going to run like a vert heavy race, I need to run vert. I can't just get by running flat roads for months and months and months like some people can. For sure. Um, um, well, should we talk a little bit about nutrition and how Schlarb came back from injury? Does that sound yeah. good, Derek? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that because, um, you know, I've had I've had quite a journey with, with nutrition. Uh you know, I just to try to give a, a quick recap is, you know, I was I was really, really heavy uh, bread, carb, grain uh, kind of eater, you know, through through college and, and through whatever. And I, I don't have I didn't think I had any uh, dietary uh, sensitivities or or uh, allergies or anything like that. And what I what I discovered is that um my body was just, uh, I had a really fast metabolism. Um, but my, my father did does as well. And what, this is kind of odd. This is getting a little bit of a chuckle, but my, my dad would fart all the time. Just, <laughs> he had the worst gas, like it was just, and it was annoying. And we, we always blamed it on this or that or whatever. And, and then I realized I too, as I grew up, I had really bad gas and just, I just like, okay, my dad had it. I have it. It's because we have really good metabolisms and, you know, we have um, it's, it's, it's how we, uh, you know, metabolize food. And it's just, it's a, it's a gift that we can do that. But the, the consequence is that I fart a lot <laughs> and this, this, this becomes relevant, I promise. But um, you know, I, I just, that I just, that's how I was. And, you know, back in 2012, 2013, um, you know, I was using um, Vitargo, a fuel that's a uh, uh, fractionalized barley kind of sugar carbohydrate uh, that Dave Mackey, um, myself, Mike Wardian, a whole bunch of people were running with this, this brand. And it's a smaller molecule, uh, carbohydrate, sugar molecule, and it can absorb a little bit faster into the intestine. 
And the guys at this uh, this company were like, you know, because you can absorb this 30% faster than, you know, maltodextrin or glucose, you should take like 500 calories uh, an hour. You should really go for this, you know, 400 to 500 calories. And I was like, all right, awesome. Let's do it. And, you know, fast forward, what ended up happening is I was, was, was absorbing those sugars, but as soon as the sugar is burnt off, I would go, you know, just, just, go to bottom I bonk and then you know had to to quickly get back and it was it was a it was a roller coaster and then the roller coaster all always ended with uh, my stomach getting pissed off and I had to basically puke and I just thought okay you know back in 2010 12 13 whatever that that was that was just part of the game I, I just needed to, to 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 deal with that and then I remember talking to Timmy Olson and he's like I you know I was having a problem I couldn't keep my calories down and i've i've tried this 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 uh this philosophy of of reducing sugars and 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 you going higher fat low low carb high fat um and i was like oh really and he said yeah then your body will adapt you don't have to take as many calories per hour of carbs so i did that and i changed my diet and then um you know i specifically started to take more and more gluten wheat grains out and my gas started to go away and i was like what you know, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, fast forward a few years, I realized that, you know, I had a, a sensitivity to to wheat, uh, to gluten. And, and also that sensitivity was just making my digestive system not work very well. It was, it was causing me to not only kind of ride the roller coaster during the day, during the races, whatever, of, of being on a high carb diet, um, and with mood and, and then also having to have a second dinner of three bowls of granola, you know, and wake up and first thing I need to eat or else I'm going to be pissed off. Or if I, you know, my lunch is an hour late, I feel like shit. All of that finally went away. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is great. This is perfect. Um, and that's that's around the time that I was uh, hanging out with you, Mike, you know, uh, discovering this and, and figuring this out. Um now, I fast forward a few more years, I kind of realized that, you know, not only was I not having gas, not only was I not having to take as many carbs during a race, but also like, I feel like my digestion was more effective and efficient. And I was able to absorb things in a, a much better way than just like shitting it straight out. You know, it's just hard to be, you know, descriptive. But all of these things kind of culminated into me figuring that out and figuring out what the balance is for me. Now, with that said, I still have, uh, I think, more more carbohydrates than, than than both you guys, but I don't do the grains and I don't make it, I don't do the gluten. And I'm able to still have the mood. I'm still able to, you know, keep um, bonks and races and, and my energy levels more normalized opposed to super sharp up and down. And um, when I got, when I, when I tore my ACL, I was like, okay, I can't run. I can't train. I can't race. What can I do to absolutely make this the most, you know, efficient, fast process and heal as best I can. And I realized that my body did best when I took out that gluten. So I removed all the gluten. I also took out dairy because I, felt that dairy was like something that, you know, 
everybody says that is, you know, you know the, the, the lactose intolerance kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to also take this. I'm only going to eat super clean, no processed and, and, and just really focus on having the body be able to heal itself. Well, the dairy ended up not really uh, doing anything negative or positive. And it was kind of, after a year, I, I brought dairy back in and, and there's no difference. I, I didn't notice anything, but that's my body. Um, but I, I really, really got clean. I really did my absolute best. I didn't put anything in there that would, would hurt me. And it led to, I, I feel like better results and better healing. I, I'm confident of that. But it also led me into um, really getting into the process because without being able to run really fast, see amazing stuff, have the competition of races, instead, I was really focused on doing the things I could do. And one of them was nutrition. Another one was, you know, doing the rehab, doing the strength work, doing the, the mobility stuff. Uh, hopping around with my arm crutches for a couple of miles and, and trying to go the next week or the next day or whatever, a little bit more, a little bit farther and never missing any of my exercises. You know, I just became, you know, an absolute dedicated rehabilitation kind of guy. And I, I got into the game and it, it sounds a little bit too good to be true, but I liked it. Um, at the, by the rehabilitation. Favorite. I, I liked the process. I liked coming back from the injury. It was a cool game. It was, and it, you know, I, I have the, the fortune of having a pretty linear progression. You know, I didn't, you know, like all of a sudden step funny and, and, and go back six weeks or, or really screw it up or something like that. But, uh, you know, I also had the, the, the assets of being able to do a zero ultra G treadmill, um, going to a physical therapist with, with lots of, uh, resources, you know, three times a week for a number of, of, of uh, a couple months, but, you know, I had these arm crutches and I got really, really good at moving around and, and getting some exercises. And, and I remember after six weeks of using those arm crutches, I was really kind of down and out. I was really sad. And I was kind of like, I didn't understand why. And I realized I was done with that game, you know, of like having to, conquer my daily routine my life with crutches and and also being able to go and with Felix with my friends uh do stuff and do it with arm crutches like I liked that challenge and I you know I was so into that process and it you know a few years before it was more about ego and 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 uh being the best and, 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 you know, getting a really good sponsorship deal, those kind of things. I luckily hit that maturity a little bit before the injury and was able to really have fun, really focus and really be satisfied with not like, Oh, I want to get back and be top 10 at UTMB in two years. Oh, I want to, you know, do this. It was like, I'm going to kick ass at this stage, at this, these few weeks at riding the bike with no resistance, you know, on a stationary bike, or, you know, like I said, going for a, a crutch hike in arches with Felix for, you know, six miles that, that was enough. And it was good. And it was, it, it, it was awesome. I, I loved it and I liked it. And I, I won't sugarcoat that. 
And there's a lot I want to ask and say. <laughs> Sorry, um, I kind of rambled on and went into a whole bunch of more processed stuff. But nutrition was big, and it was really important for me to understand. You know, there's so many cultural, there's so many fad things, there's so much stuff that you know is almost like a, a religion about food, and to to get away from all of those different sects of of nutrition and know really what worked for me and how my body could could perform as best as it possibly could um, without having to like go completely one way or completely another way or etc that that was really really important for me yeah before we go down the nutrition road i just quickly want to say that i think it's huge for people to like take note of how you were talking about the importance of wanting to conquer the moment like <clears throat> It's really just a mind shift thing because if you injure yourself, the common easy response is to be pissed off, to try to get through it as fast as you can and to just be upset. But like I'm not gonna be like, happy until I get past this. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's I, I refuse to be happy because I can't run and I can't do what I originally planned on doing. Yeah, but you just gotta do exactly what you did and just like look at it as a thing to conquer, like comeback stories people love those <laughs> not that you need to do it for other people obviously but it's just like yeah. people are looking to be inspired and one of the most inspiring things you can do is like push through an injury uh appropriately don't push through it in a dumb way but pr mm -hmm. push through it appropriately and overcome and then come back and win a bunch of races like what you've been doing <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's awesome <clears throat> yeah yeah and you know this was this was during covid you know this was february 2021 2021 and you know it the world was was very stressful and to have that injury too you know i had to absolutely if i wasn't going to just i mean my my livelihood my my passion my my what i do was you know was running and 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 traveling and 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 winning races and to to have all of that taken away, you know, I really had to practice what I preach and 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 be in that process, be in the moment, and it, uh, you know, it changed me. It changed me big time, and it it, it made me into a, a person that can be happy even if uh, my leg got cut off tomorrow. You know, or, and I say that in in it's it not saying that it would be easy or a good thing or that I would just be smiling all the time and you know, bad things happen and it, it, it wouldn't be good. But I, I believe that, uh, you know, I had a realization, you know, during the, that whole couple of years, which it wasn't all flowers and sunshine, man, it, but that I was alive, that I have a house and I have Felix and I have friends. And you know what, if I work at McDonald's, so be it, man. You know, I, I will do my best and, and keep moving forward and, and, and appreciate that. And it sounds super cheesy and cliche, but it was, it, it, it's, I had to do that to, to, to get through that. Yeah. I think that's a huge sign of uh, maturity of you as, as a human, but also as an athlete. Cause I and think, a coach. and a coach. Yeah. Like I think people default, like I got injured and now my life sucks because all I do is I associate my entire life around trail running or skiing or whatever. It's like, no, there's so many other things that are awesome in life. And it's like, we're not going to be able to run forever, especially at an elite level. So the fact mm -hmm. that you can find joy 
and things that that matter like objectively more than running like like your son and friendships with people like those things are so dang important and it's it's cool that like being alive yeah just being alive in general right like it's such a blessing Mm -hmm. every day yeah yeah it it took me longer than i wish it would have I was, uh, you know, part of my success was being anxious and driven and never, you know, quenched, you know, never enough. And, you know, I, I can honestly say, you know, I, I made a post on Instagram a couple of days ago, like when I won Hard Rock, for instance, with Killian or Run Rabbit Run or I'm Tough or it was always like, oh, yeah, that was OK. Yeah. Thanks. But. I, I really need to do better. I, I really, you know, I can, I, I know I will. And therefore let me just hide that trophy. Let's not talk about that. And let's just focus on, man, I've got to get my ass into gear so I can uh, do way better than that. You know, and, and that, that mentality is, is terrible. It's, it's it, it does motivate a lot of, you know, freaks of nature in, in mind to do incredible things but it's uh it's not a happy place in my opinion <laughs> in my experience i agree with you on that one for sure <laughs> yeah so yeah. i'm curious to oh go ahead Derek. sorry i was i was probably going to say the same thing you were going to say like as far as like your nutrition goes it's interesting because i think a lot of people and i've done this before in the past as well but it's like oh i'm injured and well i'm not running so now i can just eat junk like it doesn't matter and it's like yeah at first that sounds kind of cool because like well I can go eat McDonald's because I'm not going to go run today or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, like maybe well, you could, I guess you can always do that. But like, once you like grow up a little bit and realize like how important nutrition is as far as recovery goes for your body, it's like, that's so self-defeating because on one hand, it's like, oh, I'm upset because I can't run or I can't ski or ride. But then here I am doing nothing to make those things happen sooner. And arguably nutrition is one of the most important ways to get back to running quicker. And so the fact that you you realize that and you did that versus eating donuts and candy and cake or whatever for the next year, it probably sped up your recovery quite a bit, I imagine. Yeah, it was one of a number of factors that I, you know, could, you know, put energy into to to make my body better, stronger, faster. And, uh, you know... <laughs> It's a balance, you know. When we were in Mexico we, last year, you know, we <laughs> ate a whole bunch of trashy, packaged fructose shit. But it, and, and I, I you know, I, I, I had a nutty buddy after my, uh, my, my fifty k last weekend with Felix. But to, to really, you know, just kind of be like, oh, well, that's not as that big of a deal. It, you know, I know, I know athletes that eat like this or that, or or friends that do this or that, but putting all of those ingredients and factors together, it's, it's definitely a big one. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that uh, I, I had the discipline to, to not go down that route and just eat trash because I, Hey, I'm not racing, whatever. <laughs> that was funny when we went to Mexico, for example, because it's like, obviously we're there and we're with Christian, these other great guys. It's like, okay, like this is what we're eating today. Or like they brought this. So we're eating these tacos or, we're going to eat like 10 campechanos or something, or when you have to like literally eat out of a gas station or like little tienda, it's like, well, I guess I'll have these, these gummy bears covered in chili. Cause that's literally all there is and wash it down with a Coke. But it's like, that's like yeah. a, that's definitely an anomaly for most people. Cause I think like, as far as like recovery goes, you have so much control 
or you, you have certain things you can control, I guess I should say. It's like nutrition is one of them. And if you can at least control what you can control and let the other like variables fall into place, like you're going to be a lot happier and you'll have a better recovery process. Yeah. And I, and I, so I have two things. One thing I want to point out is I, you know, bringing up how you just had some stuff in Mexico and you had a, a nutty, what did you say? A nutty what with Felix? Little Debbie makes these like kind of brown little like chocolate covered. Oh, bars. nutty bars. <laughs> nutty bars. They're oh, okay. called Nutty Buddy though, by the way. Are they called like, Nutty the Buddy? Oatmeal cream pie is, is Nutty Buddy's sister. Oh, those are my Here. favorite growing up. Yeah. The yeah. Nutty, I always called them Nutty Bars, but whatever it is, like yeah. that's, I single-handedly blame those for why I was fat growing up. <laughs> I, I lived <laughs> off of those things. They're so good. <laughs> but, they're incredible and they're cheap. And they're yeah. at every single grocery store in, in, in maybe not North America, but definitely the U.S. Yeah. So I, anyway, I do like, um, I do think it's cool to point out that you know what works for you, but you're still not treating it as a religion. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to have a nutty bar or nutty buddy with your son, Felix, then you do it. If you're in Mexico, you're not going to fast for seven days. Like you eat what's there, you eat what comes to you. Like it's not so many people treat nutrition as religion. And I, I, I've fallen into that a few times throughout my nutrition journey, but I do like that. That's not how it is for you. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and that, that judgment or that like feeling like you 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 belong, you know, or that you're doing good uh and that other people aren't, you know, rather for your body or for the environment or whatever the agenda. And instead, you know, just being able to have that maturity of, you know, a, a good human that that is not trying to judge everybody else, that knows really what's going well for what their body is and maybe you know has the the insight to to you know take care of of uh you know our planet as well but you know it's it's a balance and 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 there's there's so many misleading things and so many so much hype and so it's 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 difficult to to weed through that and yeah yeah i've seen that as as I think all three of us have in in our sport and and definitely in our culture, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, Jason, uh, just real quick, like give us an idea back when you were rehabilitating, like what did a typical day of nutrition look like for you? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, you know, my typical breakfast is is usually eggs with um some veggies in there. Uh, I, I find that that's, that's, that's a, a great way to start for me. Um, and, and this is while you were rehabilitating, right? This is while I was rehabbing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. And, and, and then even still today, it's, it's, it's fairly it's, it's stuck, uh, um, okay. with me. And then, you know, I do a lot of, um, kind of lettuce wraps, uh, for lunch, um, with, uh, hummus, with, with, with meat, um, uncured meat, uh, with, uh, sometimes with cheese and, and then tomatoes and, and things like that, like kind of a veggie meat, cheese, hummus, kind of, kind of, kind of a lunch. Um, I do that a lot. And then for, for dinners, you know, I would, um, primarily have, have a meat, you know, a steak, a sausage, whatever. And then I would have either, uh, a, a rice or a sweet potato, um, or quinoa, um, you know, as, as a, as a, as a carbohydrate grain kind of thing that, 
that that I like and that Felix likes or my partner likes. Um, th- those are those are those are oftentimes and then you know soups. I also like to do, um, you know, kind of almost like a like a taco salad, but uh, without the the tortillas or, or you know tortillas ch- chips or whatever. I'll just put it on some you know lettuce and then just have the meat and the veggies and the the nuts and whatever that I put in there as as a, as a good meal. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that I do. Um, but that's that's kind of what I I, I enjoy, and my body feels really good eating and and you know i don't get the gas and and i i feel that is is a good broad spectrum of of things that i can include um you know i didn't do this during my injury but i i do wish i did is kind of a like a cre- green superfood supplement like uh, athletic greens um you know <clears throat> doing some pre and probiotics and ashwagandha root and 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 also just like sometimes when i get rushed you know and I can't do something fresh and, and veggie. Uh, I like to to be able to have that athletic greens in there just to as like an insurance policy for my body. Um, that works really well for me. Um, I don't really drink juice. I don't uh, drink coffee. Well, you say um, no juice, dude. But remember in Mexico, I love <laughs> Hugo's Naturales the entire time. Hugo's Naturales. <laughs> if that existed, I I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's a little bit too much sugar for me. Um, yeah. You know, it just it just makes me kind of what the, my, one of my weaknesses, what my kryptonite uh, is, you know, I love cereal and I love the convenience of cereal. Um, but what I find is when I open that door and I start having cereal, then all of a sudden, like I need more and I need more. And it's like almost like. And and I don't want to like, you know, make it sound evil or bad or anything like that. But all of a sudden, you know, I need like three bowls a day. And it's just it kind of my body all of a sudden gets that craving, that addiction, whatever, to the carbs, to the sugars. And and it and it tastes good. And I, I have to have a bowl after dinner and I have to have two bowls in the morning and all that kind of stuff. So I try not to go that way. Um, and that that's that's one that doesn't that doesn't help me very well. Even when I avoid gluten with the, the grain sugars, uh, uh, the grain cereals, but yeah, so I try to steer away from that, but I, I had eggs so much, um, you know, with some bacon and, and sausage and ham. And I, you know, did all kinds of like a, a Mexican kind of mix, uh, Southwest mix, whatever. Um, Felix got burnt out on it. <laughs> he was just like, I don't want to do eggs. I don't, I don't want eggs anymore. And I'm just like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's like one third, you know, that's one meal every day that that's, that's basically what I do. And so it, that's a challenge, you know? And so I'll, I'll get some like, you know, super low carb cereals and stuff and, and things like that. But um, I try not to like open up that door to, to eating too much cereal. That's, and, it, <laughs> and, and it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't have cereal because it's carbs, but I just, I just don't feel as good. And I just can't stop. And then I just like, okay, that 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 doesn't seem right. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to cereal, I think carbs are the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah. Just my my opinion personally. Like I don't avoid cereal for the carbs. It's all the other stuff personally. The processed stuff or what what it what it was specifically? Just like the corn, the sugars, the high fructose corn syrup, like <clears throat> just the huge ingredient list. Like the biggest thing I've learned with my journey is I'm not necessarily against carbs. 
it's like it's the junk carbs yeah yeah processed crap yeah yeah, yeah. i tried to do like the checks you know the things that like with less than 12 grams per per serving or whatever but still you know it's not it's not, you know it's not like the fruit loops or something but it's it's <laughs> <laughs> i know what you, i know what you mean yeah uh, I, I think personally like my main issue with cereal because like obviously it's delicious like growing up i get like a whole box of cereal a day it's like we'd always mm-hmm. buy these massive bags you know like the store brand bags and i could just sit there the just meal. all yeah the malto meal brand because we had a big family growing up but like the biggest thing i've noticed um if i started eating cereals and adults the same thing jason where like i want more and more and more and then then all my calories for the day are simply coming from this bag of like non-nutrient dead cereal and it becomes an issue not simply because it's just empty carbs but because i'm so full that then I can't eat real food. And I've noticed that's affected like my recovery, my runs a lot. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm just, my stomach is just so full and like gassier or whatever. And then you don't perform, you don't recover as well because you're just eating empty carbs all day. It's like, like I'm, yeah. I think we're all on the same page. It's like, we're not anti-carb, but it's like just anti-crap. And like, just think yeah. of like, if you had 2000 calories of cereal with almost zero nutrition in it versus like 2000 calories of eggs fruit milk like things that are actually nutrient dense you're gonna feel a lot better right like it's just kind of it's just simple math in my opinion yeah yeah before we get too far the other thing that was a a key component is i did a lot of collagen and uh, protein Mm -hmm. you know as my muscle and my leg my left leg my surgery leg you know it it was skinny. It was, it it looked like, you know, my arm almost, you know, that's exaggerating, but I lost a lot of muscle mass and I'm not 25. And to build back that muscle, I definitely hit the protein and I definitely had collagen every single day. Um, And, and that was key. And, and, and to this day, I have, you know, protein shake, almost every single day, you know, making sure to get that protein, um, whey protein for me is, is what I prefer. And that, that was, that's important. And and now two years later, I'm still trying to build this left leg because my body always wants to, to use the right leg more. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm lifting fairly heavy twice a week and to, to get that muscle mass to go, you know, I'm not going to do that eating even, you know, kind of low sugar cereal, you know, I, I need to, to make sure I have that protein all the time, always there. Yeah, I think, I think talking about protein, collagen and other supplements is something that we should definitely talk about before we wrap up. <clears throat> before we do that, though, is there anything you want to add, Derek, about when you came back from your injury that Schlarb didn't already touch on in regards to nutrition or anything? Um not too much, just really that like I was such an idiot and so stubborn that I just kept running. And I think I exacerbated my injury quite a bit. Um, but when I once I got smart about it and put my pride aside, I was like, okay, I need to start eating better. So kind of the same journey as Jason, where I started to emphasize protein and cutting out inflammatory foods, which is like sugary crap, um, just basically like non-nutrient dense foods. And once I started doing that, coupled with the time off as well, like things just got better way quicker. So that's basically it. Kind of just the same thing as what you said, Jason. Yeah. Cool. One thing I also would add is I, you know, the, it, there, there's 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 three different paths I, I for for oftentimes overuse injury or major injury, and that is okay. I'm going to try to run through this, and it ends up you know getting worse most of the time. 
The other path is like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got this overuse injury or this, you know, acute injury. I'm going to just stop, you know, go do something else, play video games or whatever for, for, uh, you know, three weeks, two weeks, six weeks, whatever. And then I'll come back and everything's going to be perfect. That isn't a path I would, would recommend either. Um, and then the third path is it, it's a little bit, it doesn't see, doesn't seem like it should be, but kind of new in that. Um, I'm working with this guy in Salt Lake. His name is Jimmy Picard. He redefined phys- physical therapy. Um, he works with, uh, he's working with Dakota right now and Leah and a whole bunch of uh, athletes. And he is really, really into like aggressively strengthening while still training, you know, in, in uh, a situation, certain situations where, for instance, I had an adductor on my right leg that I was using Magnus uh, too much in compensation for my left leg, not being as strong. And instead of just being like, okay, let's really pull back, you know, and start to do a little bit of strength. We kind of like kept going and really aggressively, you know, walked that line of strengthening that area, even though it was a little bit sore and still a little bit, you know, pissed off. And it, it worked really well. And I've seen it work for, for a number of athletes that uh, have taken that kind of approach and also with Jimmy, with uh, a number of his athletes too. And that's kind of, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a little bit more dangerous. It takes a lot more know-how. And I feel like we haven't gone down that path because oftentimes the healthcare professional says the safest way for you and for me is to be like, stop running, do this PT and then we'll get back. And, and, and really, uh, as uh, all three of us know, you know, we oftentimes, you know, you can continue to train with a lot of different injuries, as long as you don't do anything stupid and, you know, exacerbate it until it's like, you can't even walk well. But I feel like that that is a component to recovery that we should definitely uh, mention here. And it, it's, it's, it's a good way to go. And it's, it, you have to find the right person and you have to be really, really smart about it. And you have to really know what you're doing or have somebody that really knows what they're doing to help you through it. Yeah. When I, when I sprayed my ankle, my doctor gave me a boot, he gave me crutches. I walked out of there and I think, um, like I used those the rest of that day. But the next day, like I took it off, I put them in the closet. I'm like, I'm not touching these things. I'm not wearing a boot. I'm not using crutches. I'll be smart. I'm not going to run, but I am going to not let this, this leg just like lose a ton of muscle these next few weeks. Like I'm going to work on it smart. So I I agree with you for sure. Yeah. It's almost like the old school of like Western medicine of just like surgery, you know, brace it, stop it. And, you know, that's going to solve the problem where not at all, not yeah. at all, especially with things like common things like patella tendonitis, uh, Achilles tendonitis, you know, it's not just like, okay, let's treat the spot and then just stop running, you know, just, just uh, do some, some rubbing on that area, you know, give it some blood and then it'll be, you know, it's really actually finding the weakness in the chain, building that up and continuing, you know. But that's that's not what a lot of physical therapists to this day use. It's 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 sad. Yeah. And the other thing I quickly want to add to from my experience before we go on to supplements, and I know we got to wrap up soon. We're coming up on uh you're out, Jason. <laughs> but uh the other thing that the thing that I did when I sprained my ankle, because I was on such a short timeline, I had the Arizona trail in like four or five weeks or whatever. 
And so I wanted to do everything that I thought was possible to help this thing heal as quickly as possible. One thing that I did was ozone injections. I I don't need to talk too much about that. Uh, Basically what that is, is they inject uh, ozone gas, uh, the way I understand it, into the site of the injury, which increases ATP production in that spot, which will in turn help you heal faster. And so I was doing that. But the other thing that I did at the time, I did a lot of uh, like low carb, what I feel are healthier alternatives in terms of like processed snacks and foods. So like siete almond flour tortillas, siete, siete potato chips, which they cook in avocado oil instead of seed oils, a bunch of stuff like that. Grain-free cookies, like I'm sure all of you have heard of these things from like natural grocers and whole foods. <laughs> but when I sprained my ankle, I cut all that out and I only ate meat, eggs, raw milk, and then blueberries just because of the antioxidants that are in blueberries. And the doctor that was like doing the ozone injections for me, he was skeptical that I would be ready to go for the Arizona trail. But um, by the end of my therapy with him, the ozone injections, he was just blown away at how quickly that ankle healed. And he he believed it was due to the ozone treatments and uh, por- like a portion of it was due to that. But as soon as I told him how I ate, he is also a fellow... Uh, person who's on like a nutrition journey. (laughs) But as soon as I told him that I was basically carnivore with blueberries, he was like, oh yeah, that was smart. That's definitely one of the factors that helped you heal as fast as you did. So I do think there is some merit to eliminating processed foods, even if it is healthier processed foods, but that's just my opinion. There's no science behind that, that I've at least researched. (laughs) No, from my, my personal experience as well, the same thing, like just briefly, like when I had my Achilles thing kind of flare up recently, I did the same thing. I was like, okay, after my long run, I was like, okay, zero carb for the next three days. And I had prioritized proteins and then anti-inflammatory foods. And I, I did, I did some blueberries, but I basically did zero carb all day. And then at night I do raw kefir with tart cherry juice in it because it's mm. anti-inflammatory and a painkiller. And I noticed like how much, like how much less inflammation there was around my joints when I did that. So it's really interesting because even if they are like healthy carbs or whatever, it's like, it's still sugar and whatever in a cookie, like your body's still going to get inflamed from it. Even if it is like a coconut sugar or something. Right. Yeah. Inflammation is the enemy to recovery <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. I know that some, some ways, inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. before I, you go, Jace, Oh, sorry. I, you know, what, another, another little element too, is, you know, getting blood flow, you know, and, and using balms, uh, using CBD, using Arnica, all, all the different kind of good, homeopathic kind of uh, herbal remedies. But I, I think the big one is really just giving that area some love and attention and get blood flow with your hands, with somebody else's hands, uh, with, you know, massage guns and rollers and things like that. I think that that's another key element, you know, uh, on top of nutrition, on top of, you know, active recovery and, 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 and doing those kind of things. It's, it's important because either those, those, you know, ultrasound or ozone or all those kind of things, it's that little piece, but you add them all together and, and, you know, you can really get some benefit and it's, it's, it is nice. Any one, you know, you could potentially almost skip, you know, maybe besides nutrition and, but it, it is important, you know, and, and it is good. And it, and, you know, some people think that, you know, massage doesn't matter or this doesn't matter or whatever, but it's all of those things really do help. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's an investment, but if you want to recover and if you want to 
get better. Like it's an investment that's worthwhile, in my opinion. <laughs> um, Derek, I, I think we should spend a little bit of time on supplements, but should we, uh, should we maybe see what supplements Jason uses to help with injury prevention and then coming back from injury? And then maybe you and I can continue a little bit after he gets off. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. So Schlarb, what kind of supplements are you into for injury prevention and healing in general? Um, you know, I've, I've done a number of things in the past, but, you know, like I said, the collagen has been a, a, a good one for me. And, you know, even, even the glucosamine, you know, I've, I've heard mixed things and I, I don't think that there's too much actual research proof of what it does, but it's, you know, it's a natural thing that, you know, you can't overdose on. It's not like, you know, taking tons of ibuprofen. Um, so I, I've, I've used that before, um, you know, and, Prebiotics, probiotics, you know, gut health, I think is, is, it, it, it is an important thing for me. So, you know, finding those, those yogurts, those, the, the kombucha, the, um, and then even, you know, with my athletic greens that I take, you know, having that gut health, that, that good stuff in there is important. And then um, whey protein uh, for building muscle uh, along with, you know, animal protein uh, has, has been a key important part for me to, to keep the body uh, healing and growing muscle and, and being able to, to, to have healthy tendons and, and connective tissue and, and blood flow. I, all of those things um, have been really important. You know, vitamin D uh, is something that I, I take uh, almost every day as well. Um, calcium magnesium is something that I've used in the past to, to, to help with, um, you know, muscle stuff. Uh, those uh, besides that, you know, I, I not, too much exotic with, you know, supplements. Uh, I'm open to it, but I've found that, you know, my body has responded really well to, to those things that I have used and uh, I haven't had too many injuries and I don't have much inflammation and I, I do heal quickly. And you cool. said you do that daily. Most of those, the vitamin D, the, the athletic greens, whey protein and, um, and then collagen, uh, especially when I'm, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, some connective tissue, um, and, 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 uh, tendonitis or anything like that. I, I like to have that as well. Cool. cool man. Do you have any other questions, Derek, before we let Jason get out of here? No, I think you got to go pick up your kids. So should probably yeah. let you go. <laughs> yeah. Felix will cool. appreciate me being late. So I really, really appreciate you guys having me on this. And it's fun to talk about this. And there are so many things that, you know, I don't think any three of us are, you know, have a PhD or research background into a lot of these areas, but we all three have a lot of experience and uh, a lot of results um, and, and also experiences from other people around us. And, and it's, it's great to be able to share this stuff because man, if I would have known some of these things and, and prioritize these things and, and, and from nutrition to supplements, to recovery, to, to all of it, I, I really would have appreciated that. And, and it, and like I said, I've, I've gone to doctors, I've gone to physical therapists, I've gone to even, you know, talk to coaches and they didn't have that good advice. And so it's, it's great to be able to share this and, and talk about this with you guys. Well, we appreciate you sharing it and taking the time to share it. <clears throat> you are, are you taking on any clients right now? Yeah, I've got some, I, I don't usually solicit too much. I'm in a pretty good spot, but uh, okay. I'm always open to some new clients. So um, yeah. Thank you, Mike, for saying that too. And yeah, yeah I appreciate Listen, it. If people are interested in like, 
learning from you or coaching and stuff? Like what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Do you have a website or just Instagram? I have a website. Um, the link is on my Instagram. Um, okay. and my Instagram, my email, and my Facebook is uh Jason Schlarb. So pretty easy to find. There's there's a <laughs> There's not many Jason Schlarbs in the world. So S-H-L-A-R-B, there you go. You can find me. Okay, we'll be sure to share that in the notes. But thanks again for coming, Jason. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, have a good one. All right, bye-bye. Hey, later. Okay, well, Derek, what do you have to add? Uh, Well, um, I think like just after talking to Schlarb and just thinking now, it's like, I think priority when you feel an injury coming on is to like one tone back like intensity and do a little bit of cross training and stuff but like as far as nutrition goes it's like focus on the basics like okay like what's causing inflammation how are you going to rebuild from your injury and like the rebuilding process is not carbohydrates it's protein and collagen like this collagen is a protein technically um and then fats like focus on that and eliminating junk from your diet that's going to maybe make your injury flare up more and you're going to see a lot of results but then I guess using that foundation of like a high protein, zero carb, zero inflammatory or a low inflammatory diet, and then using these other things that have been proven to help recover, like is, is very beneficial. So along with Schlarb, like I, I use whey protein as a way to just like supplement my protein intake. Like if I need it throughout the day or something, like say I didn't get enough, um, I'm not opposed to whey by any means. I'm definitely way better than a plant protein that's not going to be absorbed very well and this is low quality. Um, but like, I don't know, I know technically like whey protein is a supplement, but I don't really think about it as a supplement personally. Cause it's like, well, it's just, it's just food almost. But, um, as far as like, I don't know, like a supplement, um, I'm a big fan of tart cherry. Like we've spoken about, uh, I know a lot of people are into turmeric, um, because it just kind of increases blood flow or something. Um, it doesn't normally sit that well with me. So I generally avoid it. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not anti, but not a huge fan of it by any means. Um, and then I'm trying to think like what other, I guess collagen. Yeah. Like I, same thing. Like I up my collagen quite a bit, um, when I feel something coming on specifically, like Schlarb was saying, like any sort of like tendonitis or joint issue, I'll just like mass amounts of collagen, like collagen in my coffee, bone broth at night. I really like that. Um, which I guess that's kind of a food slash supplement. I don't know what you wanted to find bone broth as, but just food. I mean, yeah. it's collagen, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Do you have anything specific that you take as far as like supplement goes? I mean, I've always taken collagen. So when I was injured, I didn't increase my collagen by any means. <clears throat> uh, I definitely prioritize protein like both of you have already mentioned. Uh, there were three supplements though that I did start taking. Um, the The doctor that did the ozone injections for me, he recommended these. Uh, one of them is pretty common. You have your omega threes, and <clears throat> from what I understand, like omega threes, they they basically help improve the integrity of your cells and cellular function. And so, by doing that, it ultimately reduces muscular damage. And so, <clears throat> omega threes are something that I started introducing into my diet um, when I was injured. And I just had to barely Google the other stuff because, I mean, I honestly just started taking them because I trusted the guy, but I had no idea what was actually in them. Okay. <laughs> but uh, one of them, it's a brand called Natural Athlete. Have you heard of them before? I have, but I don't really know what they do. Okay. I mean, they have a lot of clean stuff, like it's gluten-free, um, you know, they have great ingredients. 
I started taking two of theirs. One of them, it's actually called anti-inflam. Um, it basically has some probiotics in it and I'm on their website right now and it has a description of what it does, but it has a bunch of big words. I don't know what they actually are, <laughs> <laughs> but there are probiotics in it and it's supposed to help like ease joint pain and it. Um, right here, it says it floods your cells with brom bromelain. I don't know what yeah. that is. It's you know um, it? an enzyme, I believe, or something that helps with digestion. Uh, okay. I believe, um, actually I should probably look into that. I've seen it a lot on like certain supplements, but I'm not, I don't really know much about it to be honest. Okay. Well, like, like Jason Schlarp said, we're not, uh, doctors, we don't have research degrees. So, you know, I don't fully understand everything that's in this, but it is supposed to help reduce the inflammation in your body if you take it. Um, and then the other thing that I started taking that they sell natural athlete, it's called active tissue and it's just supposed to help rebuild damaged tissue. So those are the three things that I took in addition to the collagen, in addition to eliminating processed fruit foods from my diet. Um, the, the swelling that I had in my ankle was seriously like top notch. I've never seen an ankle. I've never seen any ankle that big. It's not like I Google sprained ankles in my off time, <laughs> <laughs> like it was pretty fat. And I was pretty, uh, worried that I wasn't going to be able to do the Arizona trail just because of how damaged it looked and how bad it felt. But between the ozone injections, between these supplements, between cleaning up my diet, <clears throat> like I think I was running again about a week and a half later. And then three or so weeks after that, I was on the Arizona trail and ended up doing 600 miles. So, you know, everything worked uh, according to plan. In my opinion, I think that was the best case scenario for how bad that ankle looked. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gnarly. We should post a photo of it because it was pretty bad. And to see that progression from like, crap, I have to walk home from a run to running 600 miles on the Arizona trail. Like, that's pretty impressive in that time frame. Um, yeah, I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Like speaking of the omegas that you're talking about, um, I forgot about that, but I started doing the same thing. Like I bought uh, fish oil, like it's mm -hmm. cod liver oil. Um, it's very high in vitamin D, but also omega threes. Um, and then I was doing fish every day as well. So I was still eating a lot of beef, um, which is my main protein source, but mm -hmm. I started eating a lot of, um, small fatty fish specifically for the vitamin D and the omega threes, which has been shown to be anti-inflammatory. And so I was doing like a teaspoon or so of the cod liver oil for every meal. And then also eating the fish, um, which was a fair amount of protein. It's probably like 30, 40 ish grams of protein from it. Cause I was doing like just canned, um, like sardines or mackerel, but then also like Patagonia makes mussels that are just really good. They're kind of overpriced, but like in a pinch, they're really tasty and a lot of B12 and vitamins and stuff in them. So I think that combo too really helped me a lot. Like you were saying, like the, the omega threes, which is in the protein stuff, it fixes the cells, but also it's just a good anti-inflammatory and you're not going to go wrong having high quality omega threes in your diet. No, no. And a lot of people think supplements are just like pseudoscience or something. I don't know. <laughs> like a lot of people think, I don't even know if that was the right word, I don't even, but <clears throat> anyway, a lot of people think supplements are just a way for these companies to make money and I'm sure some are like, there's a lot of low quality supplements out there, but if you can find yourself a good quality supplement, like a good quality omega three, there's definitely going to be benefits from it. It's not just a money grabber. Yeah. And like a lot of like, you can find studies looking both ways, but I think if you look at a high quality study and it's a high quality supplement, you're going to reap the benefits from it. And it's not yeah. like these obscure things always work. Like some do, but like, I think the functional and like basic ones are generally the most important because it's like, okay. Like as far as the foundation goes, like 
throwing on a few grains of sand isn't going to help too much, but like adding these big blocks that are just sturdy. So like having enough like like omega threes, like we just talked about, um, high quality proteins and stuff are going to be the basis. But then these little like little bits can fill in the the cracks or whatever in the foundation, and that's how I look at supplementation as. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and a little side note, I think it is important to note too that <clears throat> your diet going into the injury, I feel like I this is just my personal belief that I do feel that your diet going into the injury, depending on how clean it is, will also affect how quickly you recover. It's not about, it's not about just what you do when the injury happens, but if you're injured and you're fairly a healthy eater going into that injury, then chances are you're going to recover quicker because you're not going to have chronic inflammation going into the injury. Um, and then chances are, you're just not going to get injured as much because of that reduced lack of chronic inflammation. Yeah, exactly. If you have strong bones, the odds of you breaking a bone is pretty minimal. It can still definitely happen and it's not, not going to happen. But like compared to somebody with weak bones, like you're going to have a less chance of breaking it. So then, cool. It's just a win-win and it's easily preventable mm -hmm. diet. Even if you are older, like I know, especially in women, as you get older, you lose a lot of like bone mass. So like adding in a lot of like high quality calcium and vitamin K2 and stuff really helps with that. So like if you're drinking raw milk every day, you're probably pretty okay as far as that goes specifically that um instance yeah yeah i don't know if i've mentioned this on the oh sorry did i cut you off no all i was gonna say is like um when i was i don't know I, i'm a big fan of raw milk but we could we could do 10 episodes about raw milk i think because we freaking love it <laughs> yeah i don't know if i've talked about it on this podcast before but you know i another injury that i've had significant injury in my life was when i broke my back in 2012 mm -hmm. uh I, long story short, I shattered my L1 vertebrae The I had surgery, two rods, nine screws put into my spine. Doctor suggested, told me that I would be in, it was going to take a while because of how severely I fractured my back. And I, I started running about three and a half weeks. It was under four weeks later, I started running again. And six weeks to the day uh, for my surgery, I ran a, a 10K, like a charity race. And uh, two and a half, three months <clears throat> after surgery, I was back to running my 10 plus miles a day with no issues. And obviously, I have nothing to back up what I'm about to say. This is just my like, suspicion because it's kind of like in my mind, it's like he... I'm sure the doctor was like widening the range just to like be on the safe side. Like expect this to be about up to a year. So I'm sure he widened it in that sense, but three weeks <laughs> compared to a year, that's like a drastic difference. Like I recovered quite a bit earlier than what he told me. And the only thing that I personally believe is a big reason for that is because at the time uh, my family, we had our dairy cows at the time. And so every Sunday I would go home and I, <laughs> I had five empty gallons of milk that I bought at the store and emptied out. And every week I'd fill up those five gallons and every week I would drink those five gallons by myself. And so I'm convinced that it was all of that raw milk, uh, that helped my back heal as fast as it did. It's just a theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely an N equals one, but if you look at it from like I don't know, semi-scientific perspective, it's like milk is just a giant multi or liquid multivitamin, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're getting the bulk of your calories system, it's very nutrient dense, like you're going to heal a lot faster, not to mention like the protein content and the calcium content, all these different things that are going to specifically build strong bones. So like if you need help repairing like a fracture or a break, it's like, 
obviously that's going to help. So it makes sense. <laughs> and I mean, from a macros perspective, you get everything in that. You get fat, you yeah. get protein, you get carbohydrates, and then you get all the nutrients too. <laughs> the other day when I, I went to Sprouts and bought some milk, and I was like, oh man, I wonder if I could just do like a raw milk diet. <laughs> not, not, not because I really want to, but it's because it's so freaking good. I'm like, I could drink a half gallon a day. It's just like no issues. Like after my run today, it's all I wanted was raw milk. Well, and then too late and not to turn this injury episode into a raw milk episode, <laughs> but it's like, it's so easy to drink, even how full you are. Yeah. Like today I did like, it was a two and a half hour run. And a lot of times, like if I run over two hours, I'm not hungry just because what I feel it's, I'm in a deep state of fat burning. And so like, I came home today and like, I made some eggs and I didn't really feel like eating it because I was so full. And so what I ended up doing was just drinking a ton of milk. Like I was full, but I was still able to drink the milk as if it was water basically. Mm -hmm. And so I was still able to get protein. I was still able to get my fats. I was still able to get calories and help replenish my muscles damage from that run that I just did. Oh, that's awesome. And it, yeah. I, guess, I don't know. I guess liquid calories in general are easier to consume than something you have to chew. But I don't know. Maybe your body was just wanting it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. There's something about it that I crave every day after a run. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's safe to say that that's my one thing that I am like actually addicted to right now in terms of food. Like I always tell people it's nice going low carb because you no longer crave certain things. And it's just like, you know, you eat what your body tells you to, and it's pretty well balanced, but like, I crave that stuff. I'm addicted to that stuff. It's, it's kind of nuts. And I spend 70 bucks a week on that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's better than being addicted to donuts and yeah. I don't know, monsters <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like just thinking about that though, like it's interesting because I think a lot of like athletes that are just very high carb, like just eat to eat all the time, they get injured more often. Granted, they are doing like if you're doing higher mileage, like you're pushing that line as a professional athlete, you're always kind of riding the line of injury, but also fitness level, right? So it's like, and whereas like if you're just like a normal, like normal runner or whatever, like you're doing 40 miles a week, like you have a lot more latitude as far as like not getting injured. But if you're consistently doing like 100 plus mile weeks, you're riding the injury line. So nutrition becomes even more important. But if you're just eating junk all the time, it's like your body's going into essentially kind of like going into an injury, not optimal. And then you get injured, then you're also eating non-optimal. And so your recovery process isn't as optimal as it could be. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. And I feel like a lot of athletes, the older you get, the the more you're going to realize that. Like, sure, you might be able to eat this way right now when you're young and have a crazy great metabolism, but I do feel at some point, you know, you're not going to be able to just keep eating that way. Like, eventually, you're going to have to start making some changes, in my opinion. Yeah, and like with collagen specifically, like as you get older, you lose a lot of collagen, which is why your skin mm -hmm. gets wrinkly and joints and stuff. And a friend of mine, she um, she broke her ankle or foot or something skiing recently, and she called me about collagen. And she's mainly like, kind of vegetarian, vegan. Uh, she was vegan for a long time. Now a little more vegetarian. She eats salmon and like cheese and meat like, occasionally, I guess. Um, but it's not a huge part of her diet. Um, but her doctor recommended collagen. So like she called me and she was like, what kind of collagen should I take? Because there's different types. And so we, we spoke about it for a long time. And this is interesting because even though she's very much like I should be eating vegan or whatever for like ethical purposes, she also realized like, okay, like I'm getting older now. She's not old. She's like 30, but like old enough where it's like, okay, I can't eat just empty carbs anymore. Like I need to be eating real food. And so that collagen is kind of like a step in the right direction. And I, I know it's going to help her healing process and like skin and stuff as well. 
it's like it just it just makes sense you give your body the building blocks that it needs and it's going to repair itself a lot faster like versus just i don't know giving it stuff and it's like hey make something out of nothing yeah and just to give some people some perspective like this is just a quick google search so you know give give it with a grain of salt or take it with a grain of salt or whatever this could be like a little bit of a window around this but I Googled uh, when do you start losing collagen? And it says that you start losing collagen around the, the age of 30. So <clears throat> uh, interestingly enough, you, you said your friend is about 30, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's other things that affect how quickly you lose collagen. Like here it says that, you know, you could lose it with extra UV exposure, pollution, bad skin habits, and poor diet choices is yeah. how it ends. <laughs> What's interesting so, <laughs> specifically about collagen is... If you consume collagen with like sugary carbohydrates, for example, you're not going to absorb that collagen as well as if you ate it on like like a high fat, high protein diet. So mm-hmm. a lot of people that are buying collagen, say you're eating 40, 50 grams of it a day because you're like, oh, I'm injured. I need to do this. But if you're also eating that like with a, a Coke or even just like grains, it's going to stop the absorption. So you're kind of just throwing your money away. So it's like take a collagen supplement, but then also focus on your other macros as well and eliminating these anti or these inflammatory foods. And you're going to get more bang for your buck and you're going to recover a lot faster simply because of that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to go over that we didn't touch with Schlarb? Um, we were going to talk about weights, but I think we can save that for another time. We didn't go too deeply into that. I know he mm-hmm. touched on it, um, but I think it's more deserving of a full episode, honestly, even yeah. just injury prevention because of cross training and weights would be really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I think just to kind of recap the whole episode, it's like, and Sharb and you are great examples of this, like focus on your diet, but then also being very active and you can, you can heal a lot faster than you would as instead of just taking a bunch of time off, losing all your fitness and then eating junk food every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> We talked about this a couple of times too, but when you're injured, it's easy to like, just kind of like say, you know, screw it. I'm going to eat whatever I want right now because I'm not working out right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it was you that said that that's actually backwards. Like that's when you should really be dialing in your nutrition to help speed things up. But it's just, you know, there's so much emotion tied to eating food. And so like, obviously when you're injured, if you're a, you know, a dedicated runner, that's a big part of your life that is temporarily being removed from your life. And so it's easy to get sad. It's easy to get frustrated and it's easy to start emotionally eating. And, you know, I'm not one to say eating off of emotions is bad. I think it can be bad if you do it too much, but you know, like occasionally if you're having a bad day and you feel like having some ice cream, then whatever, right? Like, you know, do your thing to help yourself be emotionally happy, but just know that if you eat emotion, if you eat by your emotions too much while you're injured, then there's a good chance that you're going to just prolong that injury and just piss yourself off even more because it's not healing as fast as you expect it or want it to. Yeah. And sadly, it's just a downhill spiral, right? Because if you're already depressed from you can't run or you're just upset because you can't run, then you eat a bunch of junk and that just exacerbates the problem and you can't run, you can't run, you can't run. It's like you've lost that identity that you've like associated with for so long and it's just it it's sad but like i think it happens a lot like to everybody like myself included because like after that i get injured i'm just like well i'm gonna go buy a pizza because i'm pissed off right now because i had a crappy (laughs) run 
and whatever. And then I'm like, after I eat it, I'm just like, oh, why did I do that? Because I, I, I know in my head it's going to like slow down my recovery. It's not going to make me feel great. But it's almost like instinctual to do that, to like find some sort of comfort. If you find that in food, it's like, yeah, you can, but it's temporary at best. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I do quickly uh, want to do what we usually do at the start of the episode and just kind of share a little bit about our week because something happened with my week that I do want to talk about a little bit in terms of nutrition and performance. Cool. Um, but yeah, do you want me to start or do you have something that you want to start with? Yeah, go ahead. I, I have a little bit of stuff to talk about, but it sounds like you're pretty okay. pumped. So let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yesterday I went out and I did a nine mile. So my day yesterday, I woke up, I usually go running on Mondays and then strength training immediately after. And I'm usually done exercising for the day around like 10 or something. But yesterday it was a little bit colder. It was a little bit snowier in the morning. I was just like, I am so sick of running in the cold right now. And so what I ended up doing is I went to the gym, I strength trained, I came home, I ate, I did some work, and then I went running in the afternoon when it was a little bit warmer. But after my workout, and so I usually do all of my training fasted um, just because I don't like eating right when I wake up and right when I wake up happens to be when I exercise. <laughs> so that's just kind of how it works out. But so, but yesterday when I finished my strength training routine, I had like two to three cups of raw milk mixed with some creatine. I had seven eggs, uh, which is quite a bit. Um, and then I had, it was three dates. And then I went about my morning. I did some emails. I did some coaching plans. I did some coaching calls. And then I, I went for my run and that run, it was nine miles. I, and I ended up being, it was about, it was like a 637, 638 pace, uh, which for me is fast. Like I know like to all the Hayden Hawks in the world, to the Jim Walmsley's of the world, like that's probably just like an easy type run for them. <laughs> but like for me, I rarely go sub seven on my runs. Like I could probably count on both hands how many times I've done that. But like, I, I felt like I was floating. I felt fine. I felt great. Came home. I continued eating the way that I usually do. I love a lot of dairy, a lot of protein. And then today I went out and ran two and a half hours. Uh, I did about 16 miles in that two and a half hours with just over 2000 feet of climbing. <laughs> and so like just looking at those two runs, you know, they were both within 24 hours of each other since the one today was in the morning and the one yesterday was in the afternoon. But like, you know, if I wasn't eating a diet that I know my body thrives off of, then I feel like my run today would have been absolute garbage because I went at such a faster pace than what I'm used to yesterday. And I know for a fact, like in the past, when I've done those kind of paces and I'm not eating well, like I'm out for a couple of days. And when I say out, I'm not like taking the day off, but like my runs suck. I feel sluggish. I feel tight. I feel sore. But today, like I felt a little bit tired, but that's about it. And so I, I just want to reiterate, like that was kind of a <clears throat> confirmation to me that, that one, I'm eating the right way for my body. And two, if you eat the right way for your body, then you don't have to like be out and down from the count from like hard quality running. Like you can consistently put in some good training if you're eating in a way in which your body responds appropriately. Yeah, I totally agree. And like the, the counter to that, I guess, or like the opposite, I should say, is like I've noticed that if I just like consume a mass amount of carbohydrates, even like from fruit and honey and whatever, but I don't prioritize the protein and the fat then yeah, I might have a great run, but then the next day I feel it. I don't recover mm -hmm. as well. 
And so it's kind of just like what you're saying. It's like you eat properly, like right amount of like carbs, fats, proteins. It's just going to make you feel better. And then you can keep building off that fitness because now that you've ran that 630 or whatever pace, your body's going to kind of adapt to that. And that's going to feel a little bit more normal. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's super cool to hear. And you just really got to prioritize or figure out what you want to be as a person. Like some people run to eat. And if that's what they want to do, then that's fine. Me, I want to, you know, I want to get stronger. I want to recover. I want to perform. And so since that's my priority, then I have to prioritize eating well. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that you need to decide what you want to do as an athlete. And if you want to perform, then look at your nutrition and figure out what works works best for you and accept that you might have to give up some foods to do that. Yeah. I think, I don't know, like just thinking about that, like just how every athlete's different as well. Like if your goal, like, like for example, like your goals right now, training for Cocodona and a hundred in a couple of weeks are very different than my goal of running this marathon in a week. Like we're eating a little bit differently. Our training's quite a bit different, especially this week. Like this is kind of like a taper week. I did a workout today, but my mileage is pretty low. Mm-hmm. But like if you're going to be running Cocodona, like you're not doing like short interval workouts like I'm doing <laughs> at the moment. Like it's, it's a very different type of training or like even like a bigger example would be like, let's say just your animal-based eating, but like you want to be an MMA fighter or you're into weightlifting or something. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna be running a hundred miles a week. Like that'd be insane. Like <laughs> yeah. you're gonna focus so much more on lifting, maybe a little bit of cardio in there, but it's definitely not the same. So I think all I'm getting at is like, what are your goals as a person and an athlete and base your eating and training stuff off of that? Like, just because you and I eat a certain way doesn't mean that that's the only way to eat. Right. Yeah. And I'm guessing too, that since you're training for a shorter, faster, shorter, like, you know, it's all relative, like yeah. <laughs> marathon shorter than a hundred miles is what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm gonna take a guess that your carbohydrate consumption is probably a little bit higher than mine right now, just because you need to utilize those carbs more for your marathon. Exactly, and that's something I've been implementing in my training as well. Like today, I did like my I did an eight mile run with like um, it was up this peak called Wasson Peak here in Tucson, and I had five hard intervals up um, for like a minute each, and then on the way down, I did five hard quarter mile repeats, and mm. so I was like, okay, I'm gonna have. Because the the marathon I'm running is like it's hilly the entire way. Like there's like thirty five four thousand feet of vert, so not like massive climbing, but it's all runnable climbs. And so I've been prioritizing these workouts on climbs and descents. Um, so yeah, basically just like yeah, I've been having more carbohydrates recently. But like after the race, I'm going to cut that way back, partly because I want to recover faster. But then also mm. it's like, well, what is my next goal? Like if I'm running a half marathon in a month, like yeah, my my carbohydrate consumption will change based off of that as well. But I guess in the end too, I'm still prioritizing fat and protein and specifically protein. Yeah. Nutrition's a tool, right? Yeah. And that makes me think too about like what Schlar was saying, like there's all these little things you can do and they're all a component of it. Like you say, you have like an Achilles injury. It's like, don't just go get a massage. Don't just eat well. Don't just take some time off. Don't just ride your elliptical or elliptical or whatever. It's like (laughs) all these things are a piece of the puzzle towards recovery. And if you can do all these different things, a lot of them are low cost. Like if you can do all these things on a budget, especially like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to speed up your recovery instead of just being miserable and mopey all day? Like you can get back to running again, something that you enjoy. Well, and I think too, a lot of people just don't have the resources and don't know what to do. <clears throat> so, you know, it's important to talk about these things. Like we just did with Schlarb and all the other podcasts and literature out there, because you know, I know 10 years ago, like if I was to have an Achilles issue, I would have no idea what to do. 
And I, I'm sure there's a lot of runners in a similar boat. Yeah. Like when I first started running, like I knew nothing, like I was saying earlier in the show and I had an IT band problem just because I was just running. I had no idea. I knew nothing <laughs> about like intensity or mileage. And I was like, I'm running a 50 K. So I got to run a lot and run fast. <laughs> and then I had this massive IT band problem that never went away for like probably like six months. It's because I had no idea what I was doing. It's like, you look online, it's like, we'll rest it, ice it. And then mm. I'll take some ibuprofen. So I started doing that and like, it never got better until I started digging more and more into it. And like, I don't know. I think, I think you are right though. It's like, there's a lack of proper information out there about how to recover from an injury. And, and even like Schlarp was saying, like, there are some things you can train through. Like a lot of people when they have like an IT band injury, for example, it hurts on the descents. It's like, okay, mm. it only hurts when you're descending. So go run on a treadmill but keep it on incline the entire time. So that way you can still keep fitness and you still build a lot of muscle strength and that's going to build up everything around your injury. Then eventually you're going to be able to run downhill. So. Yeah. And I fully believe most issues can be treated on the spot. And I say most issues, like obviously there are injuries that can't be treated on the spot, but like, for example, at the Arizona trail, when I was having IT band issues, <clears throat> every time I'd start feeling that tightness in my IT band, uh, like for example, there was a section where I was like hiking a really steep spot. And so what I ended up doing since I was just hiking anyway, is I took my pole and I got the handle and I just pushed it into my glute and I just started digging it around. And like, I started finding these two or three spots in my glute that was like super tight. And then I ended up just pushing as hard as I could with my pole into that spot and just started doing some like light trigger point in my glute and like five minutes of that. And like, I was able to run pain-free again for another 20 miles. And so like, I think a lot of people, when they have these issues, it's like, oh crap, like I'm injured. I got to stop or else I'm going to get even more injured. And it's like, that might be the case, but it also might be treatable if you just give it 10 to 20 minutes and work on some muscle imbalances that you might be having or some tight muscles that you might be having. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like, you know, like when it comes to like cramping or something, it's like, okay, or your stomach upset, like these other kind of minor things that happen. It's like, cool. Like, okay, you're having, you feel like you want to throw up for whatever reason. Just, just walk for a minute. You don't have to keep running race pace, like walk for a <laughs> second, drink some water, and you're probably going to start feeling better. And then I, I don't know, or with cramping, like, obviously you have to stop, but like you stop, maybe you drink some water, take some electrolytes, let there to cool off for a second and then ease back into it. And so you mm -hmm. are right. Like a lot of these things can be just solved in the moment. They don't have to be a race ending thing, unless it's something acute, like you fall and break your arm. Right. Like, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to massage that. Yeah, exactly. You don't need a Theragun on that. <laughs> well, I mean, look at Killian. He just, made a sling out of his vest and he made it work. <laughs> yeah, geez, that was a wild year. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, oh, this like man. started shifting away from the topic of the show, but um, yeah, so yeah, I, I think these are, okay. I think Go we ahead. should do like a injury part two or something. Cause there's a lot of things we could talk about um, as far as like yeah. prevention. And it was cool to hear like how Schlarp handled it. There's also so many other things you can do and, we didn't really cover much about the prevention or other things that we can do. And it's like, there's just so many aspects that go into it and everybody's so different as well. It depends on what oh. you're doing. Yeah. We could bring somebody else on and ask the exact same questions that we just asked Jason and get totally different answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> cool. Well, um, all right. Should we start wrapping up then? Yeah. Let's wrap this show up. Okay. Uh, so just, to, I, I think it would be good to quickly, like, let people know about the, the continuous glucose monitor update. Yeah. So Derek and I, uh, both got our CGMs. We put them in on Sunday. <laughs> From what I remember, it takes like 
a day, maybe three days even. I, I really can't remember, but I remember the first couple days that like takes a little bit for the glucose monitor to like figure out your true levels. And so Derek and I are both reading a little bit higher than we expected right now. But when I think about that, this is probably my fifth time using a CGM over the past two years. And if I remember the past few times I've done it, I, I think this is how it went both the other times. And then there's just one morning I woke up and checked it and I was like, oh, okay, this, this is where I thought I was going to be at. And then it stayed that way for the rest of the experiment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've only had it in two days. It's a little bit higher, but the plan is, uh, well, before I say the plan, do, do you agree to the plan that we talked about over text a couple of days ago? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, uh, I made, um, a textual, whatever of the contract that you've sent this that doesn't make any sense i agree <laughs> we had a textual contract and i agreed to it via text <laughs> okay so well i guess for people who don't follow us on instagram we're both wearing a cgm for the next month and what we're going to do is for the first two weeks we're going to eat how we normally do we're going to take notes about the readings that we find and how certain foods affect our blood sugar then we're going to take about a five-day break because i have a race coming up um, and I don't want to do the next portion of what we're going to do before my race, but, uh, after my race, we're going to put the, the other CGM in and we're going to spend a week eating perceived, a perceived like healthy diet. That's got like fat proteins, carbohydrates, like, you know, quinoa and a bunch of stuff that I haven't eaten in years. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what other healthy carbs are like potatoes, for example, having in potatoes for a while, like just a bunch of stuff like that. And we're going to do that for a week and then see what the findings show on the CGMs. And then the last week, uh, I'll let you explain it, Derek. I'm talking a lot. Basically the last week, we're just going to eat how we used to eat before we started eating this way. So yeah. I don't know what your diet was like, Mike, but like, I, so I kind of have this journey where I was like, kind of like okay paleo keto carnivore type thing whatever but then essentially though before i started like trying to figure things out it was kind of just like a normal like kind of garbage american diet like mm -hmm. i'd still eat some like real food i'd have like like a breakfast burrito but it would have like a tortilla with like some cheese sausage and whatever and potatoes in it just cooked in whatever or i'd have tacos and a lot of vegetables because i was told i should eat but then i'd also have like like pre-run, I'd go have like a rock star or a monster or something. <laughs> I just have these massive amounts of sugar. I was eating a ton of sugar. Um, it definitely affected me a lot. But like, but yeah, so that's basically like what we're going to be doing. So I'm assuming your diet will be pretty similar, right? Like a lot of just yeah, junk yeah. mixed in with some like healthy <laughs> food or whatever. Yeah, I mean, my diet before this didn't even have healthy food mixed in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I seriously went from like poor standard American right into keto. Like, and really? that's probably why. I, yeah, that's probably why it took me like two months to adapt. Like <laughs> my adaption was so slow, but like me and my wife had like Panda Express three days a week when we first got married. We had the lasagna most nights because we were poor college students. Oh, like a Stouffer's um, lasagnas? Like, no, she, Sarah made it. Like, oh, okay. Okay, I used to really shit. like this. <laughs> <laughs> I did do a lot of that stuff in college though. Yeah. Um, And then in terms of like a running perspective, I just remember like, my runs were, and I'm planning on doing this by the way, but like mid run, I'd chug a can of Mountain Dew. Like before my run, I'd have one of those huge, like apple fritter donuts from the oh, local grocery store. I used to do that <laughs> like, too. 
<laughs> like Slim Jims, gummy bears, mid run, nutty bars. Like I'm probably going to have one of those or nutty buddies. Oh. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be a week of junk and it's not like we're not like, like, um, doing it like extreme or whatever. Like we're not trying to eat as poor as possible just to see what happens. Like this is legit how we used to eat. So we're not going to change anything in that sense. And I, I'm, I'm just personally really curious to see what happens because, you know, if you're metabolically healthy, then it might not change much just in that short time period. So it'd just be interesting to see what happens. So that's the update. <laughs> yeah. Cause initially we were like, Oh, we'll just do it for a day or a weekend or something. But then after thinking about it and talking to people, it's like, well, if you are fit, like that one day is probably not going to change too much, but it's like right. a full week. It gives you like, I don't know, it gives more opportunity to see how that stuff would affect us. And yeah. I'm kind of excited for it to see the data, but I'm also a little leery just because it's going to be <laughs> kind of painful. Cause I remember like how poor I'd feel on runs in the past, like these very terrible experiences of just like stomach pain, having to go to the bathroom so much, all these different things. And like basically having eliminated that recently, it's like, oh man, why am I going to do this? But in the end, I think it'll be good to show people and demonstrate like, yeah, eating garbage is not superior or fun compared to eating real food, nor as tasty, honestly. No. And some people might argue like, well, if that's the norm, then I'm sure your body will adapt and get used to it. But it's like, why would you want to make that the norm? Like, yeah. I feel like in mine and your situation and Slarbs, Zach Bitter, Jeff Browning, a handful of athletes that I coach, like you can train your body to adapt to this style of eating and still perform. And if you can do that, like, why wouldn't you? Because I know some people will argue with us, but like, it's clearly not healthier to eat that way versus just eating a diet rich in like animal protein, uh, carbohydrates, healthy carbohydrates in the form of fruit. <clears throat> And just like real food, not processed food. So like, I think that's the main point that at least I want to make. Yeah, your body might adapt, but your body can adapt the other way too. So like, why would you choose the crappy way? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very good point. That makes, that reminds me of like when Schlarb and I, we talked about it briefly and um, when he was on the show, but uh, when we went to Mexico, we were both eating like just pretty like standard how we eat now. This is only a year ago when we shot a film and stuff. And I'll link that in the description. But like when we got there, it was like, well, we're going to eat what we have, what we're given essentially, because we're with this guy who was a good friend of Jason, but he's like, we're going to go eat here. We're going to do these things. Then we're in the middle of nowhere, the Mexican mountains. And it's like, well, we wrap up a run. We did like specifically one day, we did this 20 plus mile run in uh, Tamaulipas up in these mountains. It was incredible. By the time we got done, it was like nine o'clock at night. We're in some small little town and all there, all that was open was a little hamburger stand with a panaderia inside, like a, a bread shop. So uh, that's literally all we had to eat. We had been up there all day. I think we each brought like a spring gel. So it wasn't even like we had a lot of calories the whole time we're up there. So we had to eat. So we ate hamburgers and like sweet bread for dinner with Coke. And then the next day it was like these things called campechanas, which are just like these flour tortillas stuffed with meat and just fried and kind of greasy and gross. And it was like, and now we're gonna have tacos. Now we're gonna eat gummy bears with chili on them, like Coke all day. Cause it's like drink dirty water or drink Coke. It's like, what are, what are you gonna do there? And at first we felt okay, but then by the end we're like, oh, we're kind of sick of eating this junk <laughs> and we don't feel as optimal anymore. And so it'd be interesting to see the the glucose readings um, kind of doing something similar in a sense. Yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. So we'll, we'll probably spend a whole episode talking about the findings, but um, 
Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing with those. So stay tuned for that. Next week, we're having a guest on who's I'm excited to talk to. She's, I think she's a big influencer in the carnivore slash low carb world. And um, we'll get some perspective from her, but yeah, that's all I have to say. I think she'll be really interesting because she's going to come at this from a non like athletic perspective, right? Like she's not a runner. Yeah, I I don't think think she's she's a runner. runner, So yeah, Yeah, that'd be interesting because it's a very different way of eating this way versus someone eating for performance versus just general health. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be fun. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Um, yeah, cool. Anything else you want to add, Derek? Yeah. Just, um, subscribe, uh, definitely helps out a lot. Like follow on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. Um, it's also Spotify and Apple and stuff. If you haven't been on there, um, sharing stuff really helps us a lot. Um, sharing the reels and stuff on Instagram just increases our reach a ton. So you guys can share any clips from the show. That'd be awesome. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you soon.